paper peeps. Welcome back to the paper fold. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm so glad to be back with you. Before I get to today's magnificent guests, I have one announcement. By now, you have probably heard from the Greeting Card Association that noted the Greeting Card Expo will return this year virtually, May 20th and 21st. I'm still getting over my disappointment that last year's edition in San Francisco was canceled. However, I completely understand why an in-person event won't work for spring 2021 either. But I am thrilled that the paper nerd was asked to again sponsor the Noted at Noted Product Awards. Ten categories reflect the cutting edge of card design, including one just for retailers, best card wall display. Once again, all noted exhibitors receive one free entry and may submit four more for $25 each. Non-exhibitors can submit up to four entries for $50 each. So I'm hoping we will get plenty with which to dazzle them and with which to celebrate as a whole as an industry. To participate, just follow the brand new Noted at Noted button now on thepapernerd.com. Please be sure to bookmark the link for details and submission info. Then you'll be ready when submissions open up on February 15th. Now on to today's show and my guests Bailey Rivera and Emma James of Antiquaria. This range first came on my radar shortly after I started my blog, The Paper Chronicles, in 2013. At the time, I had a letter writing campaign where people would write to me on their favorite stationery and tell me why they loved it. I would share the letter online, and then I would send them a bunch of stationery uh, that was donated by friendly sponsors for their efforts. Well, Bailey wrote me very early on, and I still remember picking up my mail at my post office box uh, one gray day in Cleveland and marveling how amazing my name looked in her skilled hand in metallic gold ink on a robin's egg blue envelope. I wouldn't let myself open it until I got home to my letter opener and I was simply dying to know who had sent this to me. So I did a little digging and I found out that Antiquaria was not just Bailey but Emma too and they currently live in two states. Emma is in Austin, Texas, and Bailey is in Littleton, Colorado. The two met in the Austin stationery store where Emma was designing invitations. Bailey walked in one day with her calligraphy portfolio and they immediately hit it off. A couple months later, Emma hired Bailey to do the calligraphy for her wedding invitations and the brand was born shortly thereafter. Now, not every brand has a philosophy, but Antiquaria does. They call it the vintage modern design philosophy, and it arises via their masterful use of calligraphy, hand lettering, hand-drawn illustration, vintage etching, watercolor, and typography. It's designed to be approachable, not fussy, to feel natural and organic, and dare I say, to spark joy. 
For that reason, Antiquaria has been a minor obsession of mine since the day I first saw it. I would like to live in their beautiful, gracious world, especially lately. So as you can expect, I have a million questions about how they make a brand work long distance and what they're up to these days. And make no mistake about it, they're plugging away. When I asked them to appear here, Emma wrote me, we're scrappy and determined to get through the hardships so many small businesses face during this pandemic. I love that attitude and I'm always so inspired by all they are up to. In August 2019, they opened a retail mercantile space and they are still also wholesaling, launching an online shop at Creative Market, selling their own design tools to other makers. And now they also have a YouTube channel featuring Calligraphy 101 tutorials, studio chats. To me, these are the It Girls of Stationery. And if you are not following them, you're just not keeping up. So I'll have Emma and Bailey right here after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, journals, and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chasing Dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. 
So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl with Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl with Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, LA Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. All right. Welcome, Emma and Bailey. Thanks Hi. for having us. Hi. <laughs> so before we get into coronavirus, I want to touch on the evolution of your brand. Since you established yourself in 2010, you're already 11 years old. Um, and it seems like you've kind of changed approaches a few times. From my perspective, it always looked really seamless, but I would love to, if you two could take me through the evolution of your brand and how your business model has changed in the past 11 years to accommodate that. Sure. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want to? Oh, I, you talk. You, okay. You, okay. You talk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yes. Um, it is quite the winding path, actually, um, but it it didn't ever seem like super jagged as we were, as we were doing it. So essentially um, Emma and I met in 2009. Um, she was working at a wedding invitation store. I was a calligrapher and um, we met through the invitation store that she was working at. And so I ended up addressing Emma's wedding invitations and we kind of just like totally hit it off from there after collaborating on that project. And so we got uh, margaritas one day and we were talking about the wedding industry because she was obviously getting married. I was not um, engaged or anything yet at that point, but was in it in terms of being a calligrapher. So we were just kind of like looking at the trends and seeing what was going on. And we decided to open a, well, Antiquaria, which was a vintage housewares gift registry and shop. So it started off by um, curating China and finding awesome barware and, you know, just like curating really cool housewares. Um, I think that's it, when I discovered yeah. you. And it, I remember, I feel like I went on your site and looked at like a PDF of like everything, all the antiques, all the glassware and everything shot and sort of juxtaposed with state, a few stationary pieces here and there, or like, you know, an envelope or, and I mean, yeah. like, 
it knocked my socks off. And I just thought it was so like I hadn't seen anybody doing anything like that. And I, I thought it was so brilliant. Uh, and I love it. Was so it. fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. We loved it. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it kind of, yeah, it kind of went together because it was like wedding related. So like we could style it like you were at a wedding. Um, we were originally thinking of doing rentals, except then we thought about all of the vintage dishes you'd have to hand wash. And we were like, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so a registry it was. And, um, yeah, we, we would like blend them out for like a beautiful photo shoots for, you know, wedding inspiration style shots. And we would do the or the invitation. Um, so the invitation component actually came in pretty quickly in terms of styling the stuff. Um, mm -hmm. However, since I was running my calligraphy business and Emma was still working at the invitation store, there was kind of like a competitive, you know, like issue that like we couldn't really get into stationery at that point. Right. But what we what we did add pretty early on um, were our rubber stamps. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. oh, I remember those. Okay. Yeah. So we have, we actually um, have re relaunched them um, on our site, but we, I think we started with maybe like 10 and it was like save the dates and return address mm -hmm. stamps so that people could create their own save the date. Um, and I remember the first DIY tutorial we did was stamping it on the vintage hanky. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So like, you know, finding a vintage hanky, which I'm sure we found it in the state sale when we were finding dishes and then stamping it in the center. And we created a tutorial and then we like, you know, reached out to Noel, it was a beautiful paper. Like, would you be interested in um, featuring this? And then like our DIY tutorials just kind of like snowballed from there with her. We would do them every other week, I think, but that was for Two years. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really fun. That's yes. really fun. And you, that must so have been fun. an educate, you know, an education yeah. and a, you know, yeah, I it, it must have been a lot there uh, got that you got out of it. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think because of that, um, eventually the stationary component, like once we added wedding invitations, um, which we did right around 2000. 11, 12, which was when both of us moved to Los Angeles and moved the business to Los Angeles. Um, so we didn't have any, like, that is when Antiquaria became both of our full-time jobs. So right, it took right. about a year and a half, two years for that to happen. Um, and so that's when we added the sort of like, or pushed the major like printed stationery to Antiquaria as opposed to like before I was selling calligraphy invitations to my clients and Emma was selling custom design invitations to the imitation shops clients. So our, all of our stuff under the umbrella of Antiquaria happened in 2012. Wow. So that's what, yeah. So that's, I know. The, <laughs> and I mean, like your invitation funny. suites were, I mean, like the, I think of that, like I think of like 2012 as like the heyday of invitations. Like at that point, yeah. they just got like, it was, you know, that every element was, you know, brides understood what a liner was, what a wax was, what, a, yes. you know, everybody wanted that. And, um, and they just reached their, you know, it was just, it was just flourishing. And um, yeah, we did. And it was, we had um, such amazing clients and like we did, 
for the most part, um, custom invitations. So like each client, we would discuss like their wedding and they get like sort of three different options and then we'd go off of the one that they like the most. And so we had, yeah, it was like every single tiny detail and calligraphy and hand lettering and the liners and hand painting and watercolor. And so that's kind of like where we really started developing, you know, our antiquarious style Right. Like of those things coming together sure, for, sure. for like the line, if you will. Because before that we were doing stamps and like curating the dishes. Um, right, together. right. So you really like, like the brand kind of came to life and it almost was able, I would, I would think, I would imagine that the invitations were just like the perfect segue into the greeting cards and journals and calligraphy components uh um that 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 was like kind of the bridge uh that you guys took uh to, to start it with the more for lack of a better term mass-produced stationery. i mean you really went from right. like an atelier to you know um to more not i don't want to use the word mass-produced but it's not you know obviously it's not every journal that you make is yeah. not custom to right right yeah, I mean, I it would be, I it's not mass produced like Target mass produced, right, but you right. know, it is. Yeah, it is like you know, if we order, well, yeah, if we order cards, it's like you're ordering and you're reordering the same card, and yeah, it's not like a one off thing, and it's not. It's really hard to do, like, even if say like Anthropology approaches you or something, like the amount of volume that you have to produce to make the margin work on a product that you then sell to them, like it's so so different. Oh, it's um, gotta be. Yeah. So actually it's interesting how we got into the product line. We, we decided, I think it was in 2013 or 14. Um, we did the trade show bootcamp, which is now the proof to product yes, um, yes. webinar. And we actually took it because we wanted to create invitation books for stores. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because yes. we, we had, um, on our website, we had like templated wedding invitation designs of our most popular and like you could just order them and customize the colors, et cetera. And so we're like, oh, this would be perfect for invitation books. And so once we got into that webinar, mostly what they talked about was greeting cards, notebooks, the stationary product products, and they had very little on the wedding book. Market. Right, right. I really, you know, when I started going to NSS in, in, uh, say, like, I think my first one was 1998. Um, there, you know, there were a lot of the greeting card people, but I mean, it was a, it was a split with invitations, and you know, over the, whatever that decade or so, like, it's almost like there was just a schism, and like the invitation people just got less and less and less, and you know, in the greeting card and journals, and you know. Uh, those types of items just got, you know, a bigger, bigger and a bigger footprint. Um, yeah. And I think we were thinking about it because like when Emma was working at the invitation store, obviously she was familiar with those products and like, you know, what people were asking for and, you know, selling those. Um, and so I think that that's why kind of our mind first went there instead of yeah. a product line. I don't think we really thought that a product line was like a feasible venture capital wise or like we just yeah we just really had no idea um that that was <laughs> gonna be an option it was it honest. was so hard to imagine how you could possibly sell enough cards that wholesale for two dollars and fifty cents to like even come close to making a living 
Yeah. Right. And, right. Um, it turns out we can. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yay! Um, but when we took that, when we took that course, what what we hadn't really considered, like deep, we hadn't done the deep dive in our profit margins. And so our business was set up direct to consumer. So we had no problem making our margins. But then when we realized we'd essentially be making half the half the profit on the same amount of work to wholesale our for wedding invitations. For wedding. Right. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Like we were like, do we is this something that we really want to do? And then we're like, let's let's try this product line. Let's try the greeting cards. It seems like that that's what everybody's talking about. So it was a, it was a happy accident. I don't think that we had even we hadn't really even considered really going down that avenue until we took that webinar and I'm so glad we did. It was it's such a great community and I think it's just so collaborative and everybody shares so that you know you learn from others mistakes and yeah. Well, and just to have like the sort of insight of like oh, okay, they're talking about selling greeting cards like where else are you really presented with that? Like, you, I don't know. Like, it, I, I, you know, it, it really, it just like, it was a happy accident. It just like pushed us in that direction. And then also at the same time, set us up for like a game plan of how to execute that. Like we obviously already had a brand and had everything, but right. it was like, right. you had okay, we're going to go to NSS. We're going to, we need to put out this many products at first in a catalog. And like, you know, it just like helped you kind of get the, playlist um with how to get started and then you obviously have to build from there but um we had you know we had printers and stuff so it was like not just like from scratch that we had to start right. it but yeah, you had um, done all this you know and you would already work together and you know you had a lot of that what what year was what year was your did you debut at nss i remember it it was um 2014 yeah that seems yeah. about right yeah yeah yeah. and i and i remember and you had i remember was your booth like tannish or like a peach. like a it was like a peach but your cards were on the shelves i just remember they popped like on the background i can't tell you what i had for breakfast but i remember your booth from <laughs> well, that's that's a we called it the peach pit yeah Oh, with the peach pit. Oh, how 902 went. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was, yes, very good memories of the peach pit. Um, it was like, and it was so, so well lit. Like, I remember having like so many lights that like, it was like blinding people. <laughs> but it, I also think it like made people like, it was like, wow, okay, let's go. Oh, yeah. Because it was so bright. It was like a movie set. Like, you're like, oh, I better go look in there. Uh, no, I mean, like, it was it was great. And you started with greeting cards. And then, or did you do greeting cards or journals first? Or did you roll them out at the same time? Because you, you did those little journal sets, right? Those were so cute. You were one I of the think first. I you did both. Oh, my so, gosh. I think that first NSS, like, we had... We definitely had greeting cards. And then I think we added the rainbow of notebooks and notebook duos. Okay, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty are sure they didn't, we didn't start with them, but I think because we started in August uh-huh. and then we went to NSS in May. So like the line had been in existence for 
a little bit like six months prior to going. So we had, I think it had one or two small releases before That's NSS. Mm-hmm. All right. But so the brand, you know, but at that point you had a wholesale model, you could live in different places and continue to evolve. I assume where, where were you guys shipping out of? Austin. Austin. So you had yeah. the whatever storage and, and yes. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And yeah. It, it was and- a, was a long time before I mean it wasn't until we moved the business or at least the operations to Colorado we were working out of a storage unit (laughs) it was very like it was actually three storage units in the yeah we just kept adding storage units as we ran out of room so I mean that's a great way to grow you know (laughs) yeah I mean because overhead like commercial overhead is like what did it triple our overhead to move yeah I mean Austin even even in 2013 2014 like the real estate had gotten so expensive (laughs) uh I can't I don't know how people do it but yeah, we were just like, all right, we'll just set up some shelving in a storage unit and go get the stuff when we need to ship it. So, and then we ended up having this whole storage unit that was like a little shipping station. (laughs) That's great, but it's so brilliant. You know, storage units are safe. They're manned 24, you know, most of them are manned 24 hours a day. They're well lit. I mean, it's not like you're going to some, you know, shady part of town warehouse. Warehouse, yeah. Right. Like, I think it's really smart. And so, okay. So when did you move? So when did you move operations to Colorado? I assume that's when you moved to Colorado, Bailey. Is that right? Um, Actually, okay. I moved to Colorado in 2015 and we moved the operations in 2018, 2018. Okay. So everything was operating out of Austin until 2018. And that is when we moved and got the commercial space and hired our like actual first full-time employee because prior to that like my mom had been working full-time doing the shipping for us um and like love her but we were like you need to be able to retire you know um (laughs) because like she was so busy like she was so full-time like extra full-time that like she she had a hard time even coming to visit here because you know there'd be so much work that would pile up and stuff we're like yeah um so we just decided to like be like okay well this is you know like there's still going to be things for you to do because she loves being involved but um you don't need to be working 60 hour work weeks and you know that's so sweet I mean like in the days of trade shows I mean it was always so special when you go in and someone's mom is helping them in the book like I get a huge kick out of that I love the husband wife teens mother daughter sister brother like it's so like I don't really well you know this is the only market I cover but I don't see that in other markets as much as stationary and it's so fun and part of what I think is so um, alluring to me about Antiquaria is that your brand is different from so many in that you've got like two, your friends, good, great friends, but you're not, you know, you're not related, but you, so you've got two creative minds putting everything together. And, and that can be really tough for creatives. I've worked on enough magazines and other projects to know that like, you know, you, but they butt heads, everybody has their own aesthetic. Um, you guys make it look easy. Uh, can you give us, can you give me a sense of your creative process when you are bringing something to life and how you make everything both your own? It's always been really easy for us, like very effortless. Um, and at this point after working together for, for now 11 years, I think we have a bit of like a hive mind. 
But um, we always start with like brainstorming session. We'll pull images from Pinterest for inspiration, like mood boarding. And, you know, at this point with the product line, we're kind of like, okay, these things are selling really well, or we're missing stuff in this category. So we'll kind of like just riff off of each other. And then I go off and make some artwork and then show Bailey and we review it. And then she adds lettering to it. And, you know, I'll usually do like a rough mock-up of like where I'm envisioning her beautiful calligraphy going. And then she goes off and does it. And it's always like exactly what I had in my mind. So it's, it really truly is like effortless. I don't know if we've ever had a design argument. (laughs) I don't think we have ever argued. We're very, I think we're both very conflict adverse. Okay. I definitely am. <laughs> um, so but I also like, I was, yeah, when, you know, like thinking about this, like we really, like I could see how that could be really hard. And like, you know, it, it's, it's much harder. Like for instance, with my husband, like picking furniture or like a wall color or whatever, it's like, yes. we have different tastes to a certain extent although he usually just lets me like if he doesn't hate it default to whatever I want but um you know I just like I don't feel like we like I do feel like we have such a similar aesthetic that mm-hmm. it really I mean, has never been like a what are you yeah. thinking kind of thing I don't right know. right oh that's awesome I mean that's like you know in Jewish people there's a Yiddish word called beshert and it means like when you meet like your love the person you were meant to be with you'd say oh it's beshert um it's sort of like business beshert with you guys like you were sort of meant to like work with each other and like bounce off of each other that's awesome I mean you're so lucky I we are I mean I do I think it's easier to have a business partner, honestly, um, you know, to have somebody to bounce like ideas off of, um, especially because like I did run a business by myself for two years. Um, and it was so much harder by myself than with Emma to be like, what do you think about this? Or like, oh my gosh, this person emailed, like, how should I respond? Like, right. just to have that built in is just so special. I think um, it's amazing. We're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you guys can sort of decide, well, this is our stance. This is going to be how our brand deals with this or that or the other. Yeah, thing. yeah. We also, I think neither one of us take it personally. Like Antiquaria is like our boss, essentially. So we're like, mm-hmm. we're going to work. Like I'm creating artwork for Antiquaria. She's creating lettering for Antiquaria. And it's not, it's its, its own entity. So it's not like either one of us are making this like really like big artist statement of like, this is my heart and soul. It's very much who we are and our creative, you know, our collective creative um, expression. But we just it it feels very much like we're doing this job for our business. Right. 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 Person like. Yes, yes. No. And I I mean, I agree. I think as a creative, it took me a really long time not to have that, you know, like to be able to let go of the ego in your work a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, we can change, you know, we can move things, we can change things. You're not going to hurt my feelings if you want to switch up everything. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've worked with writers who like, you cannot change a word. I mean, they, it's like they wrote the Bible and you know, like, <laughs> It's like, look, I mean, I'm really, you know, everybody's on the same team. You want to make it the best you can. It's not really about ego. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, putting something out there that's, 
you know, true to yourself and that people, you know, are going to enjoy using and get something out of. Hey, paper peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because, as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. You opened your mercantile in Littleton in 2019. 
obviously it is a showcase for Antiquaria product, but you brought in other ranges too. Can you share a bit about the criteria for expanding your brand like that? Roughly, how many vendors did you bring in? And to your mind, what do they bring to the table? When we decided to open the retail space, it was more because the space we found, the space we found, like Bailey called me up one day and she's like, hey, it was downtown Littleton. It's super cute and historic, brick, brick front buildings, walkable. She's like, there's this space for rent. And I was like, do you love it? And she's like, yeah, I love it. It was like, go look at it. Like, let's just see. And so that's actually what got us to move the whole entire business up there. Um, the total space is 1,700 square feet. And there's like a temporary wall that, that splits the front retail space from the back workspace. So the the main reason we got that space was to have everything in one place and not in four storage units. Um, <laughs> but this space, she'd be in there and, you know, they'd be in there working because the retail wasn't open. And she's like, people are walking by. It's this huge bay of windows. There's tons of natural light. It was just such a lovely space. We were like, we can't not. We've we've got to do this. Right. I mean, it looked beautiful. I remember when I got the email announcing your mercantile and I put it aside. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I have to do something with it. I don't know what. I'll put it aside because it looked amazing. And so really the story behind the expansion is it found you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then so then when we were when we were, you know, deciding what was going to go in the store, it's about 600 square feet. The front wall is all windows. We couldn't bring really any other card lines in because we honestly can't even fit all of our card <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, no, but, really, we can't. Um, the way we approached stocking the store was like, you know, does it complement what we make? Is it something that we can't make? And then also just considering who our neighbors are, um, it's a really small community. So we wanted to make sure that we looked different. We weren't carrying things that other stores were carrying, that we were bringing something unique to the table. Um, and then once the store was open, it just kind of dictated itself. It turned out that sustainable home products did really, really well. So we brought in more of those and you know, people would come in and be like, oh, where did you get the plants? Because we had tons of plants in there. And we're like, started selling plants and baskets. <laughs> so it was really, um, it it was, and Bailey, how many vendors do we work with? I, I don't know off the top of our head. You know, not a ton. I would say probably like 15 to 20 okay. so when we were small. really purchasing. Yeah, it's very yeah. small. I mean, the space is small. There just right. like is not a ton of display room, especially when you consider like we, you know, trying to put out a lot of our line and products um, as well. So we had to be, I, you know, we tried, um, we tried some of our favorite like stationary lines and like textile stuff, like um, tea towels and napkins. Cause like, that is Emma and I love that stuff and it's something that we don't produce and like we didn't get a great response to it which was really super surprising um and it was just like okay well I guess like we're not gonna pursue stocking that type of stuff in the future I guess it's as much as we love it yeah I guess it's plants (laughs) yeah it was like it was like we couldn't keep beeswax wrap in stock we couldn't keep the silicone bowl covers and stuff in stock like 
Um, I'm trying to think of what else, like the straw sets from Design Works Inc. We could not keep it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like this super random stuff that we were just like. I mean, we think it's awesome. It's like part of my personal values to like tread lightly and everything. So it makes sense, but it's surprising just considering like who I kind of thought like our market was going to be versus like actually once we stepped into it and we're like you know servicing you know walk-in customers um what they were responding to so isn't it funny I mean but I think a lot of people you know I, I wouldn't say it's stubborn but you know you will have in their mind that this is the store they want and this is what they want to sell and then you know they won't they don't make that sort of pivot to be like, okay, this is our audience and this is what they want. So I'm giving right. it to them. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's really smart. And I also think it's smart. Like when I think of the really tiny stationary store, I think of the sort of what I think of the old guard, you know, these little stores packed with 50 lines and, you know, there's mm-hmm. stuff everywhere you look. I mean, you took much more of a minimal modern approach, which obviously is more, much more, you know, your aesthetic, uh, you know, not shoving things on every surface and, you know, that. I think a lot of our um, competition in the area, like aesthetically is the more like old school, like there's something to look at, like in every single space, which like, you know, is, can be lovely to shop. I find slightly overwhelming sometimes, like I don't really get the opportunity to shop like that anymore, but um, you know, it's like, it (laughs) was, Just not, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't in keeping with our brand, yeah, our brand aesthetic, but that was like the majority of the stores that were down there. So like, let's differentiate ourselves as well. Like put as much as we can in without it feeling like you're being like consumed by products. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's more of like, a, you know, not to use the, the millennial word, but it is sort of like, it is sort of like the evolution of retail, like where it's going. I mean, it did used to be like, just buy everything and throw it all at your customer and see what they're going to buy. Now it's, you know, now it's much more developed. And that's cool that you guys could be the first, you know, the first one. I mean, like, because, I mean, people, must, it must have absolutely, they must have absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm sure some of them were just like, what is this? But then there were others. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we got a super awesome response. So we opened in August of, no, June 15th, 2019 was when we opened. So we were only able to be open like nine months before the force shutdowns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like that is not a good amount of time to even get like discovered properly. Um, Really, you know, like the foot traffic and, you know, building that. So we, I mean, the, the best thing that like I see is on now on online orders. Sometimes we'll get like a, like for Christmas, I remember we got um, a husband that was like, this is my wife's favorite store. I'm going to come pick this up, but we're always together. So I'm going to have to figure that out. Like, you know, and so like that sort of feedback is just like so awesome. And obviously that was like a local person that like found us like during those nine months. So that's so special. Um, And that's like what makes it worth it. I think, um, so yeah. Oh, it's, totally, totally. Yeah. Like you impacted that woman's world and her husband yeah. knows. It's and he, yeah. And he was probably dragged there many a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you opened it in August 2019. Um, but then, you know, 
you had this space and you got into a pivot. Um, uh, I think when I wrote these questions, your mercantile is still open by appointment. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the case? Mm-hmm. And uh, But now it's become your studio for filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you expand on, on uh, that? And um, I would love to hear too a, a little bit about your YouTube channel, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yes, putting this introvert in front of a camera. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically, when we had the like forced stay at home orders, which kind of um, happened, well, we actually had closed a week prior to being forced to close in March. Um, we had a calligraphy workshop scheduled, like, and we canceled it like two days prior, just being like, oh, we should be super cautious. Like little did we know a week later, like the government would be shutting us down like properly. Um, so we just have decided based on, you know, like protecting our employees and, you know, anybody that's in the space that we are not like inviting the public in because we are fortunate that we don't have to, because the primor- like primarily our business is wholesale and shipping and online fulfillment. So we need to make sure that everybody's healthy so that we can keep that running. Um, and just like, there's no reason to sort of, for us to run the risk of like putting somebody um, up there. And you don't even want to, and if you're open by appointment, I think that's smart because the person, you know, you have to have a little bit of interaction with them before they come in. And so my guess is you probably share your policy, you know, your very safety policy. So everyone's on the page before they come in and it just keeps everything, you know, friendly and upbeat. Yes. Yeah. And one of the, one of the best things we actually did was like, as soon as all that happened, we had, um, and you know, all of our employees like start working on migrating all of the mercantile product into our online shop, which fortunately was already set up because we have had that set up since the beginning. And so all of the mercantile product is now on there. So like the lines that we stock that sold well for us, we have continued to reorder and we now have included in our, you know, shopping and Aquaria website. And we also added like a curbside pickup option. So we actually probably get more local business through like, oh, I'm going to just shop online and pick curbside pickup. And then we give them a call or email and like, oh, your order's ready. And then they come and pick it up. And that's been like the the best sort of um, like local thing that we've had. And sure. most of the appointments have been like, I'm walking by, I see a plant I want can I come in, you know, can I come by it? Like it really hasn't been anybody that's like just really dying to like browse for a long time. It's like, Oh, I see something through the window. Right. There's always a a reason. And I mean, I love curbside. I think curbside delivery was made for introverts. Like it's like the best thing in the world. It's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So anyway, as soon as sort of like we were like, wow, this is, you know, not a short term like we're not going to be able to open our door for a while. I think it was sometime maybe July or August. We like decided let's like make everything in the front, like not merchandised for shopping, but merchandised for shipping, like pretty, but very like organized. By but like item. ready to go. Yeah. Um, it, because the back is obviously all our products. So it's basically like set up to pull from, from the front now. But then like, there's now this like big open space and it's not merchandised anymore. And so um, 
I, yeah, we just, I had kind of had an idea about like teaching an online class. It was like, oh, videos and our studio manager before she worked for us, she's a photographer. Um, and so I was like, oh, I wonder if she, you know, like she could film me like doing tutorials or teaching calligraphy or like, what would this look like? So it just kind of started with that. Like, I mean, especially in the summer business was like incredibly slow. So we were like trying to find ways to utilize our employees and things for us to do and just like stay busy, like stay active, um, you know, try to like keep pushing forward and be creative. And so we, um, yeah, we just started filming like lessons and tutorials and like from some of those, like, it's like, Hey, let's put this up on our YouTube channel, which we had, I had, oh, put so you stuff had up. You had already, right. You just set it up yeah. and then sort of forgot about it. Right. Right. So I think like I'd put up videos in maybe like 2013 or something and like never responded to comments, you know, just was like, here's some sort of forgot some about it. videos. Yeah. Um, and like, Oh, and also, you know, like, Oh, we have clear few supplies. Like, so when we would, we would do something be like, oh, I'm going to throw up a video as like a reference for somebody that buys our supplies, like how to sure. rule guidelines. But it was not like a, I'm talking to you, like this sort of new you right. YouTube, it like vlog was- podcasty thing that um, <laughs> I, I super enjoy watching as I'm sitting on the couch, like knitting or cross-stitching right. or quilting right. or whatever. So um, that was sort of where it came from was like, we can't connect with people we had started teaching workshops in 2020 yeah you and always we had, did a million yeah. workshops and you have a yeah. community of you know calligraphers just yes. lovers of it that you've already over the years right. you know worked with and collaborated with in various ways so right you know it's a natural extension yes uh, so and especially like that I you know and we don't know when that's gonna like be safe to do again it was like okay let's do this like let's invite people into our space let's have like try to have a conversation with them um and that has felt really really awesome because I feel like Instagram has so many different features that I feel like that gets like lost a little bit like it doesn't doesn't stay still does it disappear where does it go like YouTube is just like, you can create like a program or a tutorial, you can reference back to it, like you can link to it. And so that's why that like platform sort of made sense to invest like time and energy into. I mean, it looks great. I, you know, my, I, I mean, I really think it's like so polished. I'm used to my daughter, you know, I have a 14 year old and she's really into YouTube. In fact, she started a channel during the first, um, (laughs) <laughs> pandemic, the first part of the pandemic because she had nothing she had nothing to do yeah. so she started a channel and I was like well this is good this, this is a good activity she can learn mm-hmm. editing and mm-hmm. you know all these other things and uh, and it really kept her busy too which yeah. I loved it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but you know I'm used to she'll show me the people she like she loves James Charles and she'll show me like his video like I'm used to like that caliber of video and uh so when I saw yours I I was like come Veronica come watch come watch a video of theirs I want to see what you think because it was I was like already the channel looks so different and uh so we watched your uh gift wrapping video which was amazing like I oh, learned thank you. about wrapping a gift Yay. that I never knew and uh, and uh 
we watched it and I, and I just, cause I just kind of wanted to see her response. She was like, Oh wow, these are really good. Like I would like to try some of this, but you know, but it's not like James Charles with, it only makes sense if you're 14. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen that. I just, yeah. I, I yeah. I'm like, teach me how to garden, teach me how to knit. So, <laughs> so I, but I love that you chose it. And, and now that you've explained to me why you chose that platform, it's so perfect. And, um, and I, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And, uh, and I think, you know, there is like this huge craft component on YouTube, but you, I think your presentation of it is, it's just, it's an extension of your brand. I mean, you can tell the minute you go on your channel, like, okay, this is not like all those others stations where like people are making stuff out of balloons you know I think that that was like one thing I was like seeing was like videos and other kind of categories I was like wow like these are really like beautiful to watch like they're just visually inspiring and like I want to do that for you know DIY and calligraphy and stationery and like we can just do this in our own way and I just like it just kind of came to me it's like oh like we should do this and it has come together and it's really fun to do um, yeah it's a yeah. it's a lot of work um, it is a lot of work I, I know um, but it's been I think it is one of those things that is like it's a real creative leap for me um mm-hmm. and like for the team and so it's been nice to have like kind of exercise that and yes. have that bit of a distraction Absolutely. and um hopefully it builds um and you know like it would be just so wonderful to have an online community in that space as well because i i just i think that there's a lot more interaction back and forth interaction it does. And, and people, you know, and like people are missing that, uh, so much. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's wonderful. And the great, and the best thing about it is that once you put it up there, you always have this body of work, right. You know, that you can reference back to. So it is a yeah. lot of work, but like, you know, every video you put in that makes your library, you know, right. that's more impressive. Yeah. And you can always refer people to like, uh, I think the next video that's going to come out is like how to mix your own ink color out of gouache. And so it's like, oh, if anybody ever had a question about that, you'd be like, here's a video to help you right. or whatever. Right. You're also on Creative Market, an online marketplace for design tools. Emma, you told me that you make way more artwork uh, than you can ever use in your product line. So now you are putting it out there for others to use and enjoy. Um, when um, I approached you for this interview, at that point you were working out the kinks of font design so that you can share your hand lettering. That is so cool. Can you share how it is being used and where you think it might end up? Um, sure. Well, just to backtrack just a second, when I create sure. artwork, I, especially if I'm doing like any watercolors, like if we have, we're going to have like a watercolor floral greeting card. I rarely paint in a composition and I usually paint all of the components to a pattern individually and then put them together in Photoshop. So I end up with this like body of design elements essentially. And, um, creative market's been around for a long time and we were so late to that party but I was like oh my gosh there's this whole (laughs) design marketplace of these design tools that you can buy graphics or photo mock-ups or fonts and it's just a really beautiful creative um community of designers that are putting out these tools and I we design everything ourselves so I'm not the designer that 
is so client facing that like, oh, they want this, you know, they want watercolor floral, but I don't do watercolor. So I'm going to go on a place like Creative Market and purchase watercolor elements that then I'm going to use in my design. And a right. lot of designers work that way, right. um, especially when you're working with clients, you know, you need to meet their needs. And if you can't, you need to figure out a way to do that. Mm-hmm. So it um, much like Bailey with YouTube, you know, this summer when everything was really quiet, you know, needing stuff to do, I started going back through our enormous library of artwork and creating collections of graphics that, you know, are sold now on Creative Market. And it's still really new for us. And it's just, it's super exciting, the possibilities. Um, you know, a goal for us is like looking at avenues of passive income. So mm-hmm. that's something that I can put up there and essentially sell forever. But it's also, um, we had our design assistant, you know, play around with some of the graphics that we offered. And I'm like, hey, design with this and see what you come up with. And it's so cool to see her do some like branding projects using my artwork in such a different way, like her aesthetic, but using these elements. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, The fonts are much slower going. I've made a few fonts. Um out of my hand lettering, which we do use sometimes, mostly it's Bailey's calligraphy, but my my hand lettering, if you ever see lettering on our cards that looks like super janky and not perfect, that's mine. Um, but no, it's still completely our aesthetic and it works out. But I created a couple fonts using some of the styles that I use and now it's like streamlined our design process because I don't have to hand letter and then scan and vectorize and do all these things. I just plug the font in and I'm like, Oh, it's done. So. Right. And it's still from you. It's not like you didn't create it. It's still yours. It's just, just took a little shortcut. Yeah. I I understand. Yeah. So that's, um, that's just, you know, a new creative endeavor and something to just, practice design skills and, you know, work on putting together presentations and, you know, instead of just dumping everything into a file, it's like really useful exercise to like put everything together and be like, here it is. And now Bailey and I were just talking today because <laughs> I've designed some original collections that aren't out yet. And now we're like, well, maybe we want to use it in the card line. <laughs> we're like, we can use it. <laughs> no, but oh, we, awesome. we will be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the more I think about it, I'm like, I just really want to see this on greeting cards or like she's done some like patterns and made them repeats. And I'm like, I'm going to print these on fabric and make something with them. You know, it's like, so we're using them like also for the business and personally um, too. So it, the exercise has like a lot has come yeah. from. I mean, isn't that funny how you create something and you think of it like when you're creating it you're telling yourself it's for one thing and then you finish and you're like you know what I think (laughs) I like it better as a fill in the blank I you know it's um I you know I think there it's I again it's like not being wedded to your idea and letting it sort of go in the direction that feels the most you know authentic and right Mm -hmm. So what are you hearing um, from your community that they want, um, you know, if we're going back into, you know, another lockdown um, during winter, you know, most of the country is, you know, pretty cold and, you know, we're not seeing each other socially. Um, What are you, what are you hearing from your customers that they're wanting and how are you addressing it? 
So one interesting thing that we saw over the holidays was that we could not keep our calligraphy kits in stock. So I think it is sort of the activity-based products that are definitely um, selling really well. People want to learn stuff. They want to stay active. Um, you know, yeah, they just want to keep learning. And um, I mean, I know personally, I feel the same way too. That's been sort of like a great thing for me. Um like stress relief, et cetera. Um, yeah. So we, um, Emma and I are both makers. We both come from actually textile backgrounds. And so um, that's always been a component to us personally um, and like behind the scenes. So we're working on expanding our like kit options. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of like DIY style product, um, is what we're sort of like leaning towards like filling that space in the market like embroidery kits cross stitch kits mending kits those sorts of things where like people can have a practical skill that you know you're doing something with your time that's you know important and like also helps you unwind um and all those things can be used for that purpose so after you know not being able to keep the calligraphy kits in stock and like seeing how well those have done and we've had those for years right um, right. and they always do well but this was like we we can't keep these in stock and we also can't it's not they're not fast to restock either so you know it's it was really interesting to see um see that happen in November and December. So anyway, yeah, I, it's something that we're really, really excited about and actually talked about for many years. And I think that this response and like the current situation is just like the kick in the pants that we need to actually get our act together do and it, do right. it. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, kits are it. I mean, it's all inclusive. It's beautifully presented. Everything that you need is in there. I can't wait to see your embroidery kits because I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Be happy to sell one to you. (laughs) Thank you. And Emma, I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were about to say something about the kits. I'm I'm so um what something that Bailey and I find, especially as makers and liking crafty things, is that a lot of these traditional crafts like cross stitch and embroidery, it's hard to find um, kits or patterns or anything like that that have like a more modern aesthetic that like the end product doesn't look like it came from your grandma's house, which can be it's fabulous in its own way. But um, yeah, so we're we're making sure that it's like our aesthetic and packaged in a really beautiful way and something that like if we saw on the shelf, like we would be like, yes, yeah, I need that. that. Yeah. And also like our goal and hope for them is to also have them have like the kits specifically set together so that they can also be wholesaled so that they can be accessible to all of our retailers who are probably also facing a similar demand from their customers as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I haven't been in my local paper source in a while, but I mean, like, it's such a natural fit. And they've been they've they've been really into the um, paper flowers. I mean, that's a whole Mm -hmm. like different thing, but it's like they're pushing, you you know, it's just. Um, you know, these age old techniques are coming into um, play again. And, you know, people are, you know, it's a way to be nostalgic, but it's also a way to look forward and a way to grow, you know, and feel like, you know, you're not just, you're not just binge watching shows. Like, right. like let's come out of this with something. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just want to come out of it, but yes, if you can come out of it with, you know, a new skill or just, you know, actually even like the community around it, I like have recently taken up um, cross-stitching again Mm -hmm. after many, many years of not. And like the community around that specifically is very cool. And like, I've, met someone that lives in the UK and I've been talking to her and she also has a two-year-old and you know, so you just never know what like actual community you're going to build around it as well. And I think that that is our goal for 2021 is to like garner community, grow our community, just like really be involved in that community um, and to put things out there that like um, meet that goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I haven't done it in a long time, but I used to needlepoint a lot. And, you know, like most small towns, we have like a few needlepoint stores, um, you know, uh, that I would go to. And one of the only the one that I really liked, I mean, I, you know, I'm 51. And I when I went in, I probably lowered the average age by like 15 years. Um, so, you know, it's a totally different crowd, but they had a guild at this one. And so whenever I would go in to pick up something, it, they had like a really long table and there was all these ladies sitting around the table working on whatever they were working on and laughing and eating and chatting. And like, I always was like, oh, they're so cool. I want to hang out with them, you yeah. know? And uh, so, um, and I, I never really had the nerve, but um uh, but I think that's so cool. It's the idea of creating that camaraderie and that community and the virtual space for a new yeah. you know, generation of crafters. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We had started a makers meetup in the store prior to, you know, closing down and that had was so cool. People would come in and printer or journal or yeah, knit. Um, and so I'm super excited to get that back up and running in person as soon as that's safe, but essentially all of it's like, how can we do this also virtually and online? And just like, it's just the most fun community to like bring all the creative minds together. So it really is. It yeah. really is. And you feel and you feel energized when you're, you know, around people and to see projects develop. Like it's it's really cool. Yeah. So instead of asking you for to give me a shameless plug, because I'm gonna tell everybody where to find you, what is your current favorite item or service that you're offering right now? Um, I'll go first. My my favorite thing, and it's a it's a relatively new product for us, but we we started making stickers this past year, and one of the things that we have made, which is I as far as I can tell from my market research, I apologize to anybody that's listening if you already make this product, but it's an <laughs> A two sticker greeting card. So it's essentially a sticker a sticker sheet mm-hmm. greeting card. So the front and the back, the designs on it are stickers to be used. And I've been sending them. I think Bailey's been sending them. Like anybody that has kids, like, first of all, getting the snail mail, but then having the card be usable and like have stickers that you can then use um, has been really successful and just a really fun product. Um, And also we love the concept that, there's more interaction with the greeting card, but also it has another use besides like maybe putting in a keepsake box or just straight up recycling it. It's this thing that like also lives the second life when it gets mm-hmm. to its 
you know, absolutely. I mean, I have really enjoyed watching stickers like their ascent over the past you know, year or so, whether it's the die cut sheets or you guys putting on greeting cards, which is brilliant. Um, or, um, or the sticker sheets, which are like these little, they're the little DIY set really. Um, you know, it's, it's a cool, it's a neat concept. I'm glad you guys are doing it. So. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, they are, they're one of my favorite things to use too. Um, they're just so like practical and you can just stick it on an envelope or whatever. Um, anyway, I, um, yeah, I'm like also my favorite, but no, I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't copy it. No. <laughs> um, they're just, yeah, they're just so fun. But anyway, no, I think my favorite is like all of our calligraphy supplies. And um, it kind of always has been just because that's mm -hmm. my that's my shtick. That's my thing. Um, I put a lot of effort into like curating that stuff. And we have like a calligraphy practice pad that's like super beautiful, but also really practical for calligraphy because the slant lines are at a 55 degree angle, which is the angle you need to like practice that. So I think um, that is probably my favorite thing that we sell. And um, even though it's a little bit niche, and I think like I'm excited to hopefully expand more into that and like add more art supplies and calligraphy supplies because I definitely that sort of like making thing just seems like I'm just so inspired by that right now yeah no I mean I love it and I know yeah. that you guys put a lot of thought into how you present them and you know like I go to my local Michaels all the time but like it, stuff is not packaged creatively like it's not right. presented whoever's presenting it is, you know, thinking about their profit per square foot. They're not thinking like, oh, what are my creative customer? You know, like, what are they looking for? Like, what do they respond to? What do they like? Because, you know, chances are it's not on a hang tag. <laughs> but I cannot thank you guys enough for coming by. Uh, thank you so much. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you so much again, Emma and Bailey, for coming on the paper fold. I so appreciate you both taking the time to chat. And thank you so much for listening. As always, email me at Sarah at the Paper Nerd with anything I can do for you. And if you are liking what you are hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. I can't tell you how much that helps. Thank you so much, paper peeps. Please stay well.